Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. Hi guys, if you've ever wondered about portals and if they were real, then this is the episode for you. We'll discuss portals, what they are, how governments have experimented with portal technologies, and how you may be able to find a real-life portal. It's not just science fiction, boys and girls. Quote, The fictional concept is based upon the theory of wormholes in quantum physics which are short tunnels that superliminally connect distant points of the space-time continuum with one other through a higher dimension. End quote. There are many names used to describe portals, from wormholes to stargates to entryways and black holes. Portals have featured in much fiction and is an active area of research in science today. The things we call portals are said to be openings in the earth that rip through time and space. Going through a portal would be one form of time travel. The portals act as a fast travel, teleporting someone from one place to another at the speed of light. This could be another part of Earth, another realm, and it could also be another time period. It's like that time machine or the way they would time travel when I was explaining it in the time travel episode, and it was through some sort of body of water that they could travel through time there would be some sort of water or some sort of gate but it would act as a stargate which is quite interesting because in a lot of tv shows and stuff they either have some sort of portal that's it seems like it's a mixture of air and water um it's not fully solid it's something that you kind of go through like plasma almost we've all watched a show or film featuring portals of different forms that transported the characters to a different place, sometimes even a different time period. Shows that come to mind are Doctor Who, Stranger Things, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, loved that show, Star Trek, and so on. Portals are heavily featured in the sci-fi and fantasy genres. Are they trying to tell us something? So let's just jump right in into the deep end and get into the Philadelphia experiment. The project was conducted during World War II and according to a man named Al Balak, who was a former crew member, the US Navy was working on a project to develop an invisibility cloak for their warships. Now, before I get into the experiment, many have stated Al's claims to be complete nonsense. With that being said, here on this podcast, we don't dismiss people's claims because they simply sound bizarre. The detail in Al's account makes for a compelling story and the experiment was said to be built on ideas based off of real Stargate portals and how they work. On October 28, 1943, the warship named the USS Eldridge had been carrying out top-secret experiments to gain an advantage against their enemies. 
It was the time when the Nazis were the big bad guys of the world and countries like America were working on new weapons and methods of evading attacks and possibly immobilizing them. They wanted to create something that nobody else had done successfully yet, apparently, because we know how much bullshit history is, right? At this time, the US government was said to be creating technology that would make naval ships invisible to enemy radar. The likes of Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein were involved in the beginning of the project. It was then passed on to Dr. John von Neumann after Tesla was unable to create an invisibility cloak on anything bigger than a small boat. Dr. Newman was able to make the ship invisible for a short period of time on the first try. According to Balik, it was one of Tesla's inventions called a zero-time reference generator that was responsible for the success. The device worked by connecting the Earth's magnetic fields with the electromagnetic fields at the centre of the galaxy. As this was based on the way portals work, portals are seen as being links or bridges from our universe to others, as well as different points in time and space. With that being said, they designed the ship to not only be cloaked by invisibility, but to temporarily be teleported somewhere else for a period of time. So it's not really cloaked as the ship would be somewhere else, along with all the people in the ship, as we will soon find. Dr. John von Neumann had been successful in cloaking the much larger ship, so they were now ready to test this technology out. Quote, Some witnesses noted that they saw a green fog in the area where the massive ship once stood. Further experiments in late October resulted in the USS Elridge vanishing from its shakedown cruise in the Bahamas. Simultaneously, sailors stationed 375 miles south at the Norfolk Naval Base in Norfolk, Virginia, reported the ship's appearance for several minutes before it vanished. Alfred Balick, a former crew member on board the USS Elridge, and Duncan Cameron, who would later work on the Montauk project, jumped from the deck of the USS Elridge when it was trapped in hyperspace and landed in the future. Once they arrived at Camp Hero in 1983, they were tasked with returning to the USS Elridge in order to destroy the equipment holding the ship in hyperspace. The pair did so successfully before leaping off the deck and materialising in the current year." End quote. The ship travelled through a portal, if we are to judge by definitions alone, and appeared more than 300 miles south at another naval base. It's also interesting that once realising the ship was trapped in hyperspace, I guess maybe if you're trapped in hyperspace it means let's say you're going through a portal and it's almost like you're stuck in traffic but frozen because you haven't gotten to the destination. But when it was trapped, they just jumped off and were then 40 years into the future because their current year was 1943 and they jumped to 1983, which is insane. 
One thing that doesn't seem to be explained was how the two men were tasked with destroying the equipment holding the ship in hyperspace. Like, who from 1943 was able to communicate this to them when they were in the year 1983, unless it was spoken about before, like, in the event of you guys being stuck in hyperspace, this is what you should do. That part always gets me, and I haven't found anything explaining that specifically. The story is still pretty amazing, as it does make you think how long humans were aware of portals and how long they've been interacting with them. There are also different types of portals, not all being permanently open. Some portals actually open up about every eight minutes, connecting our planet to the sun through magnetic fields. Scientists used to believe these magnetic connections to the sun were permanently open, as particles from the sun travelled to the magnetic bubble around Earth. Sometimes a wave of these particles from the sun could create geomagnetic storms. These storms don't affect residents on Earth, but can be said to impact electronically based technology, which most of us rely on and use each day. That part definitely makes me think about the constant grid blackouts that media brings up every few months to scare us all. Through this discovery, researchers have since found that portals vary and are much more complex to understand. Some of these portals open and close several times a day. Space scientists still don't know why these particular portals form every eight minutes and then close. So they are still trying to figure out how to explain this in their own boring, sciencey way. In terms of humans interacting with portals, there is evidence of potential portals all around the world. The more publicised areas are protected to be preserved as historical sites, which I get, but it's annoying because nobody can attempt to use it. Stonehenge, for example, is argued in some circles to be a potential portal location, and many that visit the area say they usually feel a very strong energy that can't be ignored. The Stonehenge site is also perfectly aligned with the sunrise and sunset, so whoever built it had great knowledge of the solar system. It is said by researchers like Graham Hancock that the ancients before us were aware of portals and grids on Earth, which is one of the reasons that they actually built all these pyramids, temples, standing stones and stone circles to align this energy with the stars and inner Earth, as well as creating dimensional gateways for beings to travel from other worlds. So these ancient buildings could have been a way to activate some of these so-called grid lines on Earth, which would then open up portals. Quote, Another supposed portal is the Ranmasu Yuana Stargate, located in Sri Lanka, found among rock boulders and ancient bathing pools of the region is a strange map-like chart, which some believe is a secret code that can be used to communicate with other worlds. In Egypt, the Pyramid Abu Ghraib, 
contains an ancient alabaster platform, which some believe is a stargate that can be used to communicate with gods. Peru's Marcoasi stone forest, which is filled with granite boulders of unknown origin that are carved into strange shapes, is supposed to harbour a portal that is accessible through a mysterious cavern. End quote. Now, as we go along this episode, I do hear some of you making the connection between aliens and portals. With all these supposed portals dotted around the planet, surely it can't just be humans using them. As some portals connect to the universe, possibly other planets, this could give an open entryway for other beings to come and go as they please. We've also been seeing more UFOs in the skies lately. So would it even surprise you that in 2012 and again in 2015, NASA admitted to hidden active portals around the Earth? Humans may not be able to use the short 8-minute portals, but something else definitely is. This clip I'm about to play has footage showing some of the strange activity happening in our magnetic field. Please watch the clip along with the audio to see it for yourself. Link will be in the source material below. Now, at the time that they released this, NASA had announced that they were going to be studying these portals by sending up probes into space to skim the Earth's upper atmosphere. And this mission, called the MMIS, which is short for Magnetospheric Multiscale Mission, which was due to launch in 2014 and actually did launch in 2015 and has been up in space for a little over a year now. However, the findings of these probes have been very hush, very secret, and we really don't have much information about what they are doing, how they are studying these portals, and I wouldn't be surprised if this mission was to really see if they could send one of these probes into said portal, I would not put it past NASA because that's what I would do. If I found portals opening up, I would want to go in just like the Stargate film. Who wouldn't want to go in and take a peek on the other side? So we know that these portals are up there. The problem is, is that it's very hard to find them because these magnetic portals are invisible, they're unstable, and they're elusive. They open and close without warning, and there are no signposts to guide us in. But they are developing a means to create these signposts so we can spot them. And what they did is that they looked at data from a space probe that orbited Earth in the late 1990s, when the NASA polar spacecraft spent years in Earth's magnetosphere. Apparently, it also encountered many of these so-called X points during its mission. So they are now apparently taking measurements, and you know what? Who knows what they're doing up there? Who knows the amazing discoveries that they, are, that they are currently making or have already made about these portals? But it does make perfect sense. These craft, these UFO sightings, are obviously coming from somewhere. We've seen the images, as you're seeing here, of these things opening up, of objects coming out of them, the strange activity happening all over the world with these objects coming not from a long drawn out ride across the galaxy but through one of these simple portals opening and closing just above us 
They're here and then they're gone, just like that. It makes perfect sense. And we've shown you the NASA footage above the Earth showing the literal highway of activity that is happening above our Earth, where we see these objects materializing, changing speed and direction, disappearing, heading down to Earth, entering Earth's atmosphere and vice versa, as you're seeing here, taken from these STS mission videos. And I want you to watch this video here, which could very well show these portals opening up, and this is one of my favorite pieces of video footage ever, taken above the Earth in the infrared spectrum, and I just want you guys to watch this. And look at these objects that materialize, and look at these dark black, almost blobs, that appear directly over the Earth, uh, over these thunderstorms that are happening in the Earth's atmosphere, and you see these objects appear, specifically a very large object which appears, it comes into frame, and then, as you'll see in this sped up clip, the object flies down to Earth, locks itself into position, and then begins moving with the Earth as the Earth turns, to the point where you can no longer see it. So check this out. So as you just saw, that footage is just something you can't explain logically, nor can anyone explain it away as a trick of an eye or editing or anything like that at all. But make of it what you will. Is it aliens? Is it other beings? Who knows? Do you remember episode 71 where I talked about the strange phenomenon of people going missing in the wilderness? Many of these people were said to have vanished into thin air as there was usually no traces of them. If there were any traces, it would always be something like clothing, their identification, even some food, but it was always anything but their actual body. These disappearances happen a lot in the American wilderness, quite a bit away from regular civilization. It is believed that strange and supernatural things occur in the large forests and woods. There have also been sightings of beings such as skinwalkers and cryptids. In that episode, I discussed completely different theories surrounding the disappearances, which you should definitely check out and listen to after this episode if you haven't already. What if, though, there are portals located in the woods? Some of these hidden portals NASA themselves have alluded to maybe in the woods, and some of these people that have vanished without a trace could possibly have entered a portal that was already open. Whether they entered willingly or not, we will never know, but it could explain the lack of human remains. Most people that get lost in the woods are not very savvy with navigation or even basic survival skills. Hundreds of corpses are found each year due to people getting lost in the woods which is why there are dedicated park rangers and things of that nature. It would be highly unlikely that these missing people would stay in the woods or leave without contacting their friends and family. So it leaves very few explanations as to what happened to them. As I went through in that episode, there are many, many cases, too much for it to be a coincidence. Guess what else can possibly be linked to portals? This one will surprise you for sure. 
The War on Terror, particularly the war in Iraq. Of course, this is dubbed as a conspiracy theory throughout the internet, but I still think it's interesting enough to look into. When countries go to war, the public is never privy to the true reason. This is usually hidden. The purpose of war in many cases is for government figures' own personal gain and power, whether that be to obtain resources, collect artifacts, or maybe access portals. So, the theory is that Iraq is home to ancient stargates, portals that link to distant galaxies built by the Anunnaki, the same aliens who constructed the Sumerian ziggurats. For years, the United States unsuccessfully tried to get these teleportation devices out of the hands of Saddam Hussein. So George Bush cooked up an elaborate excuse to invade Iraq, dispose of Saddam, and get access to the Stargate. At least that's the theory, guys. Stay with me here. Australian scientist Dr. Michael E. Salah believes that the war on terror was a complete cover-up for why the US and the UK actually invaded Iraq. Quote, Salah claims that aliens that he identifies as being from the mysterious 10th planet of the solar system Nibiru had a long-running relationship with the people of Iraq slash Iran region. In a paper entitled Exopolitical Perspective on the Preemptive War Against Iraq, he says that there is evidence for a long-term alien involvement in that area, dating back to the earliest days of the Sumerian civilization that once dominated the fertile lands along with the banks of Euphrates. End quote. Interestingly enough, Iraq was previously known as Mesopotamia, and this is where the Sumerians lived, marking one of the earliest documentations of one of the oldest human civilizations. The Sumerians were an advanced race of people and built many technologies that changed the world, one of them being the wheel. The research into portals in Iraq is very scarce, but if portals are all around our planet, then every country likely has some. Iraq may have had a portal that gave access to very powerful beings, these portals likely used by the Sumerians who would have had more knowledge than we do today. As I personally realise, the more research that I do, I find that ancient humans were indeed the smart ones and we are the dummies that have no information about our history. Do you think portals are real or do you have any creepy stories surrounding the topic? I would love to hear your creepy takes and opinions about this and I will most likely explore this subject again as there is a lot more information about portals. So do let me know if you are interested in a second part. Also, follow me on Rumble if you haven't already. Link to my Rumble page is in the source material below. I need to get to 25 followers, guys, so I can start live streaming and talking shit. I realised the other week from speaking to people that a lot of people don't know what Rumble is 
it's basically a free speech YouTube and is supposed to be an alternative for people to share opinions that may not be popular elsewhere. It's pretty quick and easy to make an account and if you're into any of the weird shit I am, then you will absolutely love Rumble. It also has that old, old school YouTube vibe from the early 2000s when anyone could post anything. If you guys know, you know. Also, don't forget to check out the website too, www.thecuriouspodcast.co.uk. I'll be uploading a post this week about DMT paired with episode 14. There will also be a coming post on Six Sad World about Tiffany Dover, the nurse who has returned from the dead, which will only be available to subscribers, so stay tuned for that. And other than that, thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. If you're into the strange, morbid, or curious, I'll see you in the next one. Stay safe, stay curious, for real.